This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Episode 196, How to Do a Pantry Challenge. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jill. Jill. Oh, my name is Jen. My name is Jill. (laughs) Whoops. Okay. Well, it was not a Freudian slip, but I... (laughs) We are the same person. We are. Yeah, we are starting to become the same person. Uh, And after almost 200 episodes, how could you not? So (laughs) here we find ourselves. Here we find ourselves. But we do have different uh, ways that we cook and the different ways we do meal planning. And so I'm excited for those to kind of come into this episode about pantry challenges or shelf cooking or it's called several different things. But it is a, a challenge that you can do for yourself to save money on groceries, which is always the number one thing people ask us about, and to minimize the clutter in your kitchen, mm. which is just a, a happy, uh, nice benefit of it. Mm. So that is, I'm going to segue out of that embarrassing stuff. <laughs> Food is the number one area that we mm-hmm. can often struggle with, and it represents both something that's necessary, but where some of our discretionary income comes into play as well. So it's one of the biggest categories that we can also shift and save money, but yet we still have to spend some money on it. So this is one of those really useful, tangible tools, resources for helping us really hunker down or cut spending in this particular area, at least for a time. So if we find ourselves, okay, I really need to cut the grocery budget. This is useful or, okay, I really need to jumpstart my meal planning. This is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Really, there's no bad time to talk about doing a pantry challenge, but I'm so glad we're doing it shortly into the new year because I think this is we we've got our sights on where how can i cut how can i really implement major shifts and changes in my spending that are going to help me for the rest of the year so we hope that this does that for you yeah but first let's thank our sponsors for this episode this episode is brought to you by fresh starts not any of those other fresh companies fresh starts It's that time of year where we start some fresh sinking funds, some new savings goals, 
And if you have new savings goals, we highly recommend starting a new high-yield savings account to keep your savings out of sight, out of mind. Short-term savings are definitely not savings you want to invest. So high-yield savings is kind of that happy medium between making nothing on your money or possibly losing something on it. So right now, we love Axos Bank because they have no minimum balance fees or requirements. Uh, and if you sign up for an account at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash Axos, A-X-O-S, then you actually support the show at no extra cost to you. Beautiful. Also brought to us by Illuminating the Dark Places. Whether you're flipping on the light in the creepiest part of your basement, digging into the recesses and less beautiful parts of your budget, or sorting through all the canned goods and non-perishables in the secret spaces of your pantry you never knew existed, we're here with you every step of the way. Illuminating the dark places with fear and trembling, we step into the unknown. This is your... I don't know if I want you to do sponsors anymore. Can you tell? They get real creepy. Can you tell? I'm like in a really like, like meta do you, place. <laughs> do you do you see dirt? A dirt path on the floor. Do you see dirt going somewhere? Follow it, because some because somebody's covered in dirt, and you want to see who. It's probably one of your kids. <laughs> it's, you are, it's you are getting in a place. It's getting deep <laughs> these days, and yeah. it's reflective of probably something I'm going through. But we're not going to look at that too much because yeah, that's we'll figure that that's off too later. much of a dark place. Yeah, if you want to hear Jill at a happier time in her life, or maybe just a lighter time, I don't know. Here are a few other episodes you can queue up to play next. Uh, the first is episode 182, where we talk about eating healthier and more affordably with Cassie Joy Garcia of Fed and Fit. She's got this great book that is, well, I mean, she's been doing this like cook once, eat twice thing for a while, but she's her her newest book, we talked about it, has a lot of different like kind of meal plan-ish things that help you reduce leftovers um, or use them more creatively. So that's episode 182. We've also got episode 149 on frugal meal planning with Ashton Cope. She gives a lot of great ideas for finding recipes for your meal plan, like search uh, recommendations and stuff. So those two are really good to queue up after this because you're going to want some recipe ideas after we talk about pantry challenges or shelf cooking. Beautiful. Yeah. So let's get into our first article that we found, what the internet has to say about pantry challenges. And this one is from Cheapskate Cook, um, and it's how a 10-day pantry challenge will save you money. And I liked this one because when I think of a challenge, I usually think of a 30-day challenge, either 30 days or a week. Like that's kind of where I sit. So the fact that she's like very much about 10 days and she talks about it like why in this article and she doesn't like every three months or so. So doing shorter challenges more often was a a highlight of this article for me. What did you think of it, Jill? It's a great 
perspective on not, she does go through how to, we're not going to focus as much on that in this article, but the next one, but I think certainly why, and specifically why a 10 day challenge. And I like some of the things that she highlights in here. I I just want to point out that she says, this is not the time to like win some health foodie award or be a gourmet chef. (laughs) And I think that that can be a barrier for me sometimes like, oh, I mean, I can clear out my pants but they're not going to be the most healthy meals. And so she's saying like, that's okay. This isn't, we're not always and forever doing a pantry challenge, but it can have benefits not only for clearing out what's in our pantry, but also saving us money. And so for those reasons, I like this idea. And I like that she's advocating for something slightly shorter so that, you know, it's not too long. It's not too short. It's just right. Yeah. So I I like uh, her first, her three reasons. Like, why do a pantry challenge? Mm-hmm. You can have several goals or reasons for doing your pantry challenge. The first, you ran out of grocery money and have to make do with what you have. And I'd say that's most people's <laughs> reason are number one. We're running, we're running out of grocery money for the month. Number two is you're trying to save money for another purchase or expense. Or three, your pantry and freezer are just out of control and it's time to clean out and start fresh. And I love all three of those reasons. And I think they can be all three at the same time. There's a fourth reason for me on here and that may or may not be laziness or lack of (laughs) time to just go to the grocery store. Sometimes it's not even, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm out of grocery money. Sometimes it's I don't have time or energy or you name it to just get myself to the store. So I'm going to make do with what I have. I think and that I mean, but that's great because most people when they would have that like that situation, the mentality would be to just get takeout. Mm -hmm. But if you're in this this kind of mode of thinking where you're used to getting creative, especially trying to solve your problems creatively without using money then you get into a mindset where your first notion isn't, okay, DoorDash, but it's like, okay, what can I get creative with in my pantry that doesn't take a lot of time? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a great, all the things that we do are just to create habits that train our brain to think differently. And like, maybe, maybe sometimes it is DoorDash or getting takeout, but that doesn't have to be your first go-to. Your first can be like, okay, let me really think, let me, not just look into my pantry and see everything and say, nope, ordering takeout, but actually trying to get creative with, okay, I have this, this, and this. I've made this before. I am lazy enough that this will work. (laughs) Yes. And maybe even a fifth reason for me, I'm just, I'm adding to this list, honestly. (laughs) Yes, do it. Sometimes I will also just turn to my freezer and pantry because I, I like the challenge of it. And this is talking about a challenge. It's gamifying it. But I like the creativity that it requires. Like sometimes it's, sure, I could go to the store. I could buy things. But let me see what I might be able to make out of my pantry and freezer. And so sometimes these challenges have led me to doing this, not on a maybe 10-day, 30-day basis, but it has led me to be able to implement what I've learned from those challenges on any given Tuesday to, to do and have fun with it and be creative. So there's definitely something fun here, not just obligatory or here. Yeah. 
that kind of like leads me into the reason she does a 10 day because mm. the, the longer challenges can get it, they can leave a bad taste in your mouth by the end of it i know if i'm so adamant about finding fun things to do on no spend challenges and i also don't advocate for not spending money on food during a no spend challenge but because if you do a 30 day no spend challenge and you don't have any fun or make any money or do like anything that where you have this like really genuine sense of pride or enjoyment, it's going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. You're never going to do another one. And that kind of, and and that's what you're going to be focused on. You're not going to be focused on finding the things you truly missed or that you can truly live without, which is the actual point of it. And so in order to focus on those things in your kitchen, like what you truly love having in your pantry, what you can truly stop buying and live without, you have to be able to focus on that during the pantry challenge. And I think having a shorter challenge, in this case in particular, it does help with that because you don't get the agony of by day you know, 15 or 20 of, of just eating more rice and then you never do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the she's saying it's it's long enough to get you acquainted with what is in the deep recesses of your cupboards and freezers, but they don't last so long that you or those in your household start rebelling against this oh, yeah, that's, thing. That's another thing. Your family, they, they often dictate what you do and do not do. And so you have to keep them on board. Yes. And then I like how she also highlights that with the clear rules and a set end date, it can help us to stay focused and not burn out with it. And that's a real reality. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can feel a decrease in motivation or desire for these things if we feel like we can't actually engage with it. Like if we make it too long, we can set ourselves up for failure. And that's never the goal. We want to see small wins and successes to be able to keep keep us on this pathway. So especially if you've never done this before, we would also agree with this article and advocate for a 10-day. It is that short enough time frame where we believe that you would stick to it for that that shorter amount of time. And then that can build upon itself. You still learn some of the tenets of this. There's still things that you can carry with you out of doing a 10-day challenge. And you're less likely to burn out with it. Hopefully, it just still remains kind of fun and challenging and you're able to do it and still see like money saving benefits too. Absolutely. Yeah. And so another thing you can do is so like we're in our financial freedom mentorship, we're doing an eat at home challenge in February because shortest month. So that's why we're doing That's why. And <laughs> it's not all good can- looks with us. We're not dummies. Nope. So instead of maybe doing 10 days only pantry cooking or shelf cooking, if you are choosing to do like a longer eat at home challenge for like four weeks, you can kind of incorporate the pantry challenge into the entirety of the eating at home challenge. So that kind of makes it a little easier. So instead of doing 30 days of just shopping your pantry or 10 days of just shopping your pantry, you are making a a plan, a four week plan to shop your entire pantry but you're also adding things in each week and then still having that challenge aspect of only eating at home. So there's Mm -hmm. definitely different ways you can do it. Oh, so much creativity can be involved here, but I love, I love that starting point. 
of, of a 10-day challenge and then going from there and figuring out what else can I do? How can I incorporate some of this idea of utilizing what I already have on hand? I think that is where we can spend the most, lose the most, and then uh, f- the flip side of that is save the most when we are able to realize, okay, how can I utilize what I have on hand, not r- purchase duplicates, not just go the path of convenience, which is also more expensive. So we can just keep building and building and building upon this. Yeah. But let's talk about how to do it. Okay, definitely. Jill, how? How do you do it? Article <laughs> is from... Our Invented Mom. Am I saying that right? (laughs) It's a pantry challenge guide. And so it's definitely a long... A reinvented mom, Jill. A reinvented... I was like, where did you get this I'm like reading it... A reinvented (laughs) mom. (laughs) I'm reading it out in the URL. Wow. We're both. Wow. (laughs) Happy 2022. Okay. Uh, It's not getting much better. Sad to say. It's all right. A reinvented mom on Pantry Challenges 101, the ultimate guide to shelf cooking. Thank you, Jen. Continue. It is quite lengthy, gives a whole long list and tips. So definitely check it out. We're going to go through the highlights of what it is, how to do it. And so this article advocates that we can use a pantry challenge to save money and reduce waste by preparing things and food and meals from the food that we already have in our pantry, freezer, or fridge. So when we talk about pantry challenge, we're not specifically only talking about canned goods. We're not only talking about what's on your shelf. Any of this, pantry, freezer, Mm -hmm. fridge, going through it, using it up. And so like the first article said, the point of it is not eating the most healthy we've ever eaten or making the most gourmet foods we've ever made. Like recognize what the goal is here. It's cleaning out, being creative, saving money, uh, using up what you've already had to save money in the process. So I think that mindset is also helpful uh, to know what is the actual goal here because that we could get tripped up in that too. Like I've got to have a green and a protein and a side and my plate has to look beautiful and colorful. It might not. Mm -hmm. There might be a meal that it doesn't look like beautifully balanced like the rainbow. It might just be... I emptied out my pantry today. Today I'm eating mashed potatoes and gravy for lunch and like that's it. And so this is this may be something that becomes a way of life for you. Your standards just drop so low that everything now, becomes okay. Don't get scurvy. Like we definitely should also have fruits and veggies. Thankfully, frozen fruits and veggies still have the same nutrients that fresh fruits and veggies have. And it's also, again, why we're going to say don't do this for forever. This is not a lifestyle change. This is a learning process and emptying out and a saving money that you can build upon. Okay, so there's that. Now, let's talk about how to prepare. Prepare, yes. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to take stock. Take an actual inventory. Go through your pantry, freezer, fridge. Identify what is in there. 
try to put it in order of like when it expires first. If you have any expired or freezer burned foods, then get rid of those. Get rid of anything that you are unsure of its Mm -hmm. safety. Um, Mm -hmm. We're not here to tell you what's unsafe to eat, but you need to live in your threshold for safety. I know I've been known to eat some freezer burned foods. So that's me. I again, my standards are virtually underneath the floor. So do (laughs) what you need to do and just make sure everything's written out and try maybe if you could do amounts as well. So you know, if you have a recipe that takes a certain amount, you know what you can, like maybe you have like two thirds of a cup of something and your recipe takes half a cup. Go ahead and put the whole two thirds of a cup in there, you know, like Mm -hmm. just, just go overboard. All right. Or maybe it takes a Maybe it takes a whole cup and you only have that two thirds. Short it a little bit. It's okay. Um, but just, you know, make sure you're close. So writing down amounts for some things can help. This inventory process is so crucial. And this is part of the, like, this is also an exercise in decluttering and minimizing, mm-hmm. realizing what you do and don't eat so you can inform your future purchasing decisions. But I will advocate for throwing out expired foods. And like like you said, Jen, everyone has their own threshold and understanding. I mean, but don't get sick on this pantry challenge. That's not what no. we're advocating for. And then if I can also say, please do not give your expired bad food to your local food pantry no. for underserved populations to eat. If you're not going to eat it, please don't give it to the food pantry requesting things. Let's give them quality, non-expired foods. So if it's expired and you're not going to eat it, then just throw it out. It's okay. Move past it. Allow that guilt to inform your next decision. But but please don't give it to somebody else. Absolutely okay. not. No, if at the <laughs> end of your challenge, you have good quality items that are still open and unused, then consider giving those mm-hmm. away. But we want them to be non-expired and things that would actually be useful and edible for the place that you're giving them to. Yeah. Number three, as far as preparation goes, is to set a weekly grocery budget for the essentials. So with this article, they're talking about a longer pantry challenge. This is no longer just the 10-day. With the 10-day, they're saying you should really aim at not buying anything during that challenge. But if you're going to go for a full month, of course, we're going to need some fresh things during that time. So think ahead of what are the essentials of the fresh items that you're going to want to buy. So this is going to be produce, milk, eggs, bread, that kind of thing. The author of this article says that they typically spend about $35 to $40 a week while doing a pantry challenge. Of course, this is going to shift for however many people you have in the household, how much you already have stocked in your pantry or fridge or freezer. I mean, I personally have gone two to three weeks without needing to shop fresh just because of the amount of frozen fruits and veggies that I've had. So also know that it is possible to go a decent amount of time. But if you're doing a lengthy pantry challenge, consider what you want to spend ahead of time, what you're going to spend it on, and make sure that it falls under the category of essential. So we're still wanting to do bare bones with the fresh ingredients that we're Mm -hmm. purchasing. Yes. And so this is something where if you're weaving it into a eat at home challenge, this becomes 
relevant. But if you're not, if you're just doing a 10-day, then do all meals for all 10 days. So you have to figure out how you want to run the challenge. That's on this list too. And then it says plan your first week of meals. But I would say even if you're doing this longer, plan out all the weeks every single day of at least dinners because that's going to help you if you have to buy a meat or something then you can buy it in in bulk for the month if your meal plan is extensive. Obviously, we, this isn't something we practice all the time, but if you're doing a challenge, then yeah, it makes sense to plan out the month and kind of like stock up in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Determining how long you want to run your challenge. That's important. Like don't just dive in and say, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this until the ingredients run out, or I'm going to do this. It, it is really helpful if we actually set a time to it. And that's for all goals that we want to set for ourselves. It does need to be time specific. So say how long you want to engage in it. We're not going to do super well if it's open-ended and loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I know, Jen, you talked about planning out your, you know, your month. They're advocating for at least plan out your first week of meals. You can go from there with whatever you're going to do in the subsequent weeks, but at least having an idea before you start your pantry challenge, this is really going to set yourself up for success. If you at least plan out the first week, literally writing it down, we do best if we have a visual, we have a plan in place. It takes out some of that decision-making fatigue when we're in the midst of something that can be a little bit difficult, daunting, draining. (laughs) Absolutely. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month, New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and make sure it stays off. Delete Me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, at a special discount for our listeners, today get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. 
The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash frugal and enter code frugal at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash frugal code frugal. So let's scroll down to how to meal plan during a shelf cooking challenge. This is really the important part because this is where the kind of the difficulty comes in. So she says, first, see if you have any obvious winners, such as like fully frozen entrees, any low-hanging fruit that's that's easy to prepare. She says, gobble them up first. I would maybe agree with that if you're doing a 10-day challenge. I don't know. I kind of like to, if I know the length of my challenge, kind of spread out those low-hanging fruit because it gets harder at the end of the challenge. So in the first two days, there's no problem. There's, you know, everybody's fine the first two days. So why don't you try some more difficult, unique meals the first two days and then start to incorporate those low-hanging fruit meals? I agree. I always like to save and hold on to my freezer, like my already frozen prepared meals for the days that are really hectic. Mm-hmm. So I would even advocate when you're making that meal plan that happens in the preparation phase that you maybe consider, well, what does that week look like? Are there any really hectic, chaotic, busy days? Input that meal on that day. Just yeah. really do yourself a favor. Yeah. So then the next thing that you can do when you're planning out these meals is to look at the proteins in your freezer, start there, and then pair those proteins with any bottled sauces that you might have or marinades for a quick, easy meal. This could go hand in hand with some food preparation if you want to prepare ahead of time, or it could just be that that's your plan for that day, however you want to approach that. Yeah. And then the sides are pretty easy to kind of implement there. And this, of course, depends on our standards. There are days, especially when Eric's not around, when like, I might just do the protein and that's it. And that's a meal for me. (laughs) I am more concerned about having a well-balanced meal when I'm cooking for other people. If I have guests or if my Mm -hmm. husband's home, then it's like, all right, let me see what kind of side I can add to this. But yeah, those are typically easy to consider. What fresh produce do you have? What frozen produce do you have? Are there any canned goods, pastas, rice mixes, frozen side dishes? Throw that in with your protein. Yeah. And she says, don't forget to look at items like flour and sugar. So you may not want to bake into oblivion, but you can easily fry up frozen chicken uh, and stuff like that. I don't I don't necessarily look so much at those kind of staples. I'm more when I'm doing a pantry challenge, I'm more looking at unique things. Uh, so if there's something I know I'm going to use, then I'm going to definitely try it. Um, the one caveat to this is that I do most of my baking around the holidays. So if I have leftover, a lot of leftover baking stuff, if I did a pantry challenge in February, that's definitely the time I'd use as much of that as possible. Just because I know I don't do a ton, I don't do any baking over the summer. I don't turn my oven on over the summer. But that's kind of the one caveat, I would say, where I would use up some of those pantry staples. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind that rice and beans and pastas 
can be the main dish. Again, we're not going for a health foodie award. Of course, you're going to have to take in your own dietary restrictions. I mean, I would imagine that if you're gluten-free or vegan, you're you're not even going to have some of these things in the house (laughs) to fall back on (laughs) if it's against what you can actually eat and the nutrition that you're trying to put into your body. But also know that we can go some meals without making it like super heavy protein content. We do need to get proteins like throughout the week, but know that it's okay to do a meal that is like rice with some sauce on it. It's Mm -hmm. great. And when you're looking at your sauces and your spices, you're trying, those are big things like trying to get rid of the bottles in the door of the fridge and the spices in the back of the pantry. Don't try and do a different spice every meal or or a different sauce every meal. Look at the bottles that have the least amount of stuff in it and look how and and just use the ones that you think you can use up in the 10 days or the month. And so maybe reusing some spices and marinades several times during the challenge cuz the goal is to hopefully clear out some extra stuff. And so we want to be able to use up everything. Uh, So don't feel pressure if you got 10 dinners to use 10 different sauces and spices. Maybe you're using three Mm. so that you can get rid of those bottles. Yeah. Thankfully, those don't like sauces, if you don't use it all up in a pantry challenge, that's okay too. Like you, you could still utilize them right. later on and they don't expire quickly. They don't go bad fast. So don't worry about getting rid of every single, single thing that you have. Absolutely. So she then goes on to talking about tips for a successful pantry challenge. Some really interesting ones here. She advocates for keeping it a secret for as long as possible. And so I think this is an especially (laughs) useful tip. I know. It's an especially useful tip if you have kids. Um, It can keep them from grumbling, at least for the initial phases and actively resisting the food that you're putting in front of them. Like (laughs) you've turned into a weirdo or you're trying some like new diet thing, which is preferable. What they don't know can't hurt them. And then at the end, you can tell them, you can tell them how much money you saved and Mm -hmm. then teachable moment. (laughs) We love those teachable moments. So uh, also you want to stick to your budget you want to set that budget depending on you know how much you spend on perishables, like based on your history with grocery shopping and the prices in your area. So calculate that up and make the budget and stick to it and try to try to get some fresh ingredients and highlight those fresh ingredients. So you can spice up older frozen vegetables and meats with things like fresh bread which is not hard to make either. If you spent a Sunday just making fresh bread for the week, like that's a huge, you know, gourmet addition to, a, you know, an old freezer meal. Some roasted veggies and stuff like that. There are inexpensive ways to spruce up these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, speaking of sticking to it, this goes with our list that we've made, whether it's our grocery list or our meal plan list. Once we've made it, sticking to it, not going off script, not 
adding too much more to it, that's going to help with that money saving component. Uh, and like you said, you know, highlighting the fresh ingredients, pairing it with other things like sprucing up frozen entrees with bread and maybe even getting into making our own breads to use up some of that flour and baking staples that we might have on hand. So even trying like a new new skill set there could be fun as well. Yeah. All right. So after the pantry challenge comes returning to normal, which can mm. actually be a little difficult. So shopping and restocking after a pantry challenge. And she says, now that you've dwindled your kitchen inventory, it's time to stock your pantry, right? Think again. The last thing you want to do after you've put a lot of time and effort into saving money is to immediately spend it. Uh, that's what I have to say about that. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think it's an important thing to look at. What do we do afterwards? What what comes next? Like now we've done this thing, we're proud of ourselves, but mm-hmm. what, what does it afford us? And uh, recognizing that there will be an after. We're not going to keep like staying in this place of how do I make like the weirdest possible foods? But then I think an important part, just like with any challenges, looking back at what did I learn from this? How much did I save? What do I want to do with those savings? Is there anything that I want to implement on a regular basis because of this? Did I learn that there's anything that like I, I don't like and I need to stop buying? <laughs> All of these things with any challenge, it's important to then reflect upon yeah. what did it show us? What did it provide to us? You may also want to take a permanent marker and make some marks on some of the bottles or spices that you have, um, or maybe put like a little sticker, like a star or dot sticker. So in three months, you can revisit. And if you're like, I've had this in my fridge for a while, but I don't want to get rid of it. Didn't use it up in the pantry challenge. And if you look back in three months and, and those things are still there, then it's either time to use them or lose them to hopefully use them. Those become the most important things you mm-hmm. should do use on your next pantry challenge. But it's important to be realistic. And sometimes we, I think all the times actually, we don't have a good grasp of when we bought something, how long it's been in our fridge. <laughs> Unless you like put a date on something, which is nice, but like I never have time to write on my groceries before I, you know, start using them and stuff. So yeah, that would be at the end of a pantry challenge, something to do to mark off these things that you uh, either you need to prioritize use of over the next few months so that that you don't still have them uh, in your next pantry challenge. Speaking of using and not losing. Mm, something I mark, but I always use every single week. The The Bill bill of the the Week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton... This is the Bill of the Week. Hey, guys. My Bill of the Week is a haircut. 
So I go to the local beauty school to get my hair cut because I am, of course, frugal. Um, normally $16, but today I got it for $6. A haircut for $6. Anyway, thanks, guys. Love the podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Jill and I were actually just talking about how we can't, neither of us can remember the last time we had a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not that I can't remember. It's that I like have never been to a salon to get my hair cut. So my mother-in-law actually has her cosmetology license. And the last time she came to visit, she did cut my hair. So that was November. <laughs> I got my hair cut in early November. Uh, but that's about it. It's based around maybe like when she comes to visit. But this is amazing. Yeah. And I think such a lesser known tip that if you have a beauty school in your area, cosmetology school, that they usually do have days. It's usually specific days. And of course, your standards need to maybe be a little bit diminished because these individuals are practicing and learning. But they do have to have a certain amount of schooling and practice under their belt before they're going to cut a real human's hair. So, you know, if you're not risk averse when it comes to your locks, this is awesome. And then to have those extra discounted days where normally you get a haircut for $16 and now it's $6. Well done. Yeah. Travis, we've said it on here before, but he goes to the barber school and gets his hair and beard trimmed. It used to be $3, but hashtag inflation. Now it's five. But it's, I mean, still a great deal. And for as often as he goes and It's supervised by the teacher. So when the student is done, the teacher comes over and, and, you know, fixes anything. You just have to be, you just have to know you're going to be there for a little longer than you would if you were at a regular salon. I think that's kind of the most important thing. It's, you know, you spend a little extra time there. I do this for teeth cleaning. I went to the dental mm-hmm. high, the local dental hygiene school, and it did end up being a total of six hours. That's a little much for me. But hey, it had been a while since I'd been to the dentist. So that's that's maybe my fault. I'm a little scared (laughs) to try it because I don't have six hours. But I I didn't either. I didn't know I was signing up for six hours. Yeah. But once you in the chair, you're there. It's not like that usually. Like I got a massage at the massage school and it was just a normal in and out um, time. Mm -hmm. So it's not always six hours. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I would be on the massage table for six hours. That's fine. (laughs) I have six hours for that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you uh, have a bill for us, if you went to a school and got a discount service and were pleased with it, then let us know, frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill, and leave us your bill. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. 
After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001 and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, FlowHealth, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com slash special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. Mm. And now it's time for the lightning round. So we are going to share our most recent ancient pantry item that we have cleared (laughs) out and how we did it. So mine is not actually ancient, but I did have this salsa that was just like this. It wasn't my favorite salsa. So I kind of just let the bottom part of it kind of just sit in there for a long time. And finally, it was, you know, during the COVID time that I didn't, I had a a DoorDash like credit and it's one of those things where it's like so little that it's hard to use. And so I was avoiding using the DoorDash credit and I was like, you know what, I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to use that salsa. And so what I did was bean and rice, some ground beef and mix that salsa into it. It was totally fine. It just tasted like, you know, tomatoes at that point. So it was this salsa I didn't really love. And such a great, now that I used the salsa, then I was allowed to get more salsa in the self-imposed restrictions I place on myself. And I did find a salsa I like. I found. Nice. Yeah. And it ended up being the Walmart brand, the cantina style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I was I was looking at these fancy salsas trying to find one and uh, it ended up the Walmart cantina salsa. So happy ending. And uh, I did use that salsa. I usually don't like the fancy salsas. Like they try and be too unusual and I just want classic spicy salsa. Uh, I don't need you to put pineapple and mango in it if you're not going to do it well. I, and that's where I came to. Like, I just make my nose run. Like, that's all I want. I want to, like, just have a physical reaction. And yeah, uh, yeah. so that was that was my recent experience. How about that's you? awesome, Jen. So one of the things that I've learned in this process, I would say, while it's not a hardcore pantry challenge, many days feel like this for me between how much we travel or I just don't feel like going to the store. I am often we are trying to lazy. gamify my food. Like, <laughs> what do I have on hand yeah. and how can I pair it into something that looks like it resembles a meal? 
So this is, this is like a regular thing for me, but also I don't have a ton of space. So I am constantly like getting myself to pretty bare bones. And then finally I have to go to the store because I literally have nothing left. But recently, one of the things that I've done is make a, with my canned goods, like a tapenade out of art, like canned artichoke, canned roasted red peppers, capers. I keep a lot of my shredded cheese in the freezer. So that just helps it last longer. So I had some Parmesan cheese I could throw in there with some olive oil and it just became a really good tapenade that I then served to you, Jen, when you came over. <laughs> it was delicious. I don't know if you ate it, but I'm sure. Yeah, it, no, it was delicious. Clearing I out the pantry. Tapenade. And I loved it. Buffalo chicken dip is a classic one for me. I will also freeze cream cheese. What I've realized is I'd, I wouldn't be like, oh, defrost the cream cheese and then spread it fresh on a bagel, but I can then utilize previously frozen cream cheese in a dish. So like buffalo chicken dip. And so I happen to have a can of canned chicken and then just, you know, leftover hot sauce and salad dressings. So you just throw it all in there. And that's a fun little game day surprise. I also ate your buffalo chicken dip and it was good. So I had both. <laughs> just, I just love appetizers. And I, I serve do appetizers. too. I, I, but man, through this it. process, I have also recognized that I am, I can be so less concerned with getting all of the ingredients right for a recipe. I Absolutely. have given like I think where I previously would have been like, well, I don't have this one thing. So either I'm not going to make it at all or I've got to get out to the store. I have learned to do without either with substitutions or just not putting that ingredient in the thing. And it usually turns out just fine. Mm -hmm. Like I might make buffalo chicken dip even if I don't have ranch dressing or I don't have blue cheese or I'll make the artichoke red pepper tapenade, even if I don't have the capers on hand or the cheese on hand or fresh herbs on hand. So I think that too is something worth trying when we endeavor on this pantry challenge of still try and make a, a dish, even if you don't have all the ingredients or look up substitutions for that or try a unique way of making it. Usually it turns out just fine. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope that you try your own pantry challenge, or maybe you'll do it with us in the Financial Freedom Mentorship next month when we do the uh, Eat at Home Challenge. So thank you for listening and for leaving your kind reviews as well. We value your feedback when it is positive and constructive, and your reviews help people find the show so they can get more of this information. So this one just happens to be five stars. It's from Allison with the little emoji with the glasses. And she says, frugal friends are my fave. And alliterations are my fave. So <laughs> I have listened to every episode and Jen and Jill consistently deliver quality ideas, inspiration, and motivation. They have great chemistry and offer real life suggestions and share their authentic experiences without shame or judgment. This podcast helped me pay off thousands in credit card debt reframe my money mindset, and set me on a path of mindful frugality and financial security. I look forward to listening to new episodes every Friday. These are the frugal friends you need in your life. Dying! 
Wow, Allison. I am most excited about you having paid off thousands of dollars in credit card debt. That is worth celebrating. And we're so glad we could be a small part of that journey for you. Absolutely. Oh, so proud of you. We also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode on Instagram, we're adding you to our monthly drawing. Here's what it is. For every five tags and reviews we get each month, we're giving away $50, five, zero, real money for you to spend in the Frugal Friends shop. If you've not checked out the Frugal Friends shop, please do. All kinds of goodies there. Frugalfriends.shop. very easy so keep leaving us reviews wherever you listen to podcasts and sending the screenshots to reviews at frugalfriendspodcast.com and don't forget to tag us on social see you next week frugal friends is produced by eric siriani I'm hungry. I am hungry too. My stomach has been growling this whole Uh recording. You might have heard it in the episode. What are you going to make, Jen? What's for lunch? Uh, Just straight up mashed potatoes and gravy. It is leftovers from... (laughs) That's right. You did say that. Yeah. I made like a uh, quasi-beef bourguignon. I don't know how you say that. Bourguignon. That thing. Sure. You know, the French thing. Yeah. Um, and so we ate all the meat. So now we have the gravy and mashed potatoes left. And that is the lunch. Oh, how about Yum. you, Jill? I'm going to make a smoothie. And from there, I'm not certain. It might end up being cheese and crackers. I think I have mm. some more cheese and crackers and an apple. Oh, I might smoothie. have some more uh, apple, chips and salsa. Cheese and crackers. Mm. Yes. Yeah. We'll That's see. great. Oh, I can't. And otherwise, we we using what's in the freezer this week. Absolutely. Enjoy your potato and gravy. <laughs> Enjoy all of your freezer food. <laughs> Bye. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.